Welcome to Make More Money Without Selling Your Soul with me, Polly Lavarello, Evergreen Marketing Expert. This podcast is for you if you are an online entrepreneur who's looking to simplify their business to scale. On this podcast, you can expect to hear regular talk about wealth, about selling, and about well-being. Because I believe these three core fundamental things are pivotal to your growth moving forward. Hello and welcome to Make More Money Without Selling Your Soul with myself, Polly Lavarello, evergreen marketing expert and cushy business pioneer. And in today's episode, we are talking about how to attract consistent sales, well, or clients without having to deploy high pressure sales tactics. Oh my gosh, where to start? This is probably one of my favorite subjects because I'll let you in on something. It probably took me till about my third year of business to recognize what one of my most significant weaknesses in business was. And I'll tell you what it is, it's selling. Because for a while I conflated marketing with selling and I'm like, I'm really good at marketing. I know I'm excellent at marketing. And yes, I, you know what, before a year or two ago, I'd, I'd be embarrassed to kind of blow my own trumpet like that. But you know what? I am I am four women blowing their trumpets and I'm going to blow my marketing trumpet and say, I know what I'm doing. I've supported people to make millions of pounds at this stage with marketing. So I'd say, I know, I know a thing or two about marketing. Absolutely hate selling. But you know what? I've been, I've, I've literally worked with so many different sales mentors over the last couple of months all of them with their own unique value, all of them with their own unique perspective. And interestingly, all of them with their own unique strategy. For the last two months, it has been my mission to understand how to feel better about selling. Not necessarily like to learn selling tactics and stuff because they don't feel too good to me, but more just about how to feel good about selling, to recognize that selling is being a service. It's making invitations, all that jazz, all that stuff that I kind of knew, but I wanted to more deeply embody. Anyway, I kind of feel like despite going and getting all these various bits of support, which like I say, have all provided valuable insights that have definitely influenced who and how I am moving forward when it comes to selling. At the same time, I came back to this full circle revelation, which is it's okay that I don't like selling. And you know why? Because I'm really good at marketing to people who are ready to buy. And when you're really good at marketing to people who are ready to buy, you don't need to be great at selling. I mean, it's good to be relatively confident, but ultimately what I've come to recognize is my best, most favorite clients, the ones who've experienced the most success with me, the ones who have gone on to work with me within my mastermind and stay in my world for months upon months and come out with delicious results, what do they all have in common? They are the ones that pretty much just sold their program, their experience with me to themselves on the sales call with me. I barely needed to do anything. I showed up, I listened I, you know, reflected that, yes, yes, we we are indeed a good match. And yes, yes, I can help you with that. It wasn't much more than that. I didn't need to learn about how much they were struggling and how hard things were. We didn't need to delve into their great 
crazy big ambitions and dreams to get them fired up about working with me. They had consumed my content. They had taken the time to reflect on, am I the kind of mentor for them? And they had seen elements in how I coach, whether it's to do with my awareness of neurodiversity and how it impacts things, whether it's my honest and kind of practical approach, whether it's my obsession with cushiness and simplicity, whatever it was, there was something about me as a mentor that drew them to working with me. There was something about our values that aligned and a solution that I had that made them feel excited about coming to work with me. And it's been as simple as that. And so what I've come to recognize is don't worry too much about the selling. Let's just keep on doing more of that marketing that brings in that ready to buy client so that I don't need to worry about high pressure selling tactics because I'll tell you something for nothing about high pressure selling tactics. I'll tell you this as well. So I've just told you about what my clients who've had the best experience have all had in common. Well, I'm going to be really honest with you here as well. The clients who've come onto sales calls with me and burst into tears on the sales call tend to be the very same people who get overwhelmed within the experience of working together. The people who come on and don't trust me within the sales call tend to be the same people who are continuously looking for proof and evidence within our time working together. Like these habits, these patterns, these trends do not go away. And I'll tell you something for nothing from having being behind the scenes of other big containers is that the same people who feel unsure about signing up, but who succumb to it because they feel like there's no alternative because they've been through some high pressure selling kind of process are the very same people who a month or two in go, I don't think I ever really wanted to be here anyway. Can I get a refund? Can I leave? So it really never, ever serves you. I mean, I feel like if you're listening to this episode, chances are you and I, our values already align. So chances are you listen to this thinking, I'm not, I I don't want to do any of that stuff anyway, which is good. But I guess if you just needed any extra reassurance that you're doing the right thing, know that you really are. Okay. It really doesn't help to make somebody feel like they need your solution. Instead, we should be inviting them. We should be empowering them. We should be supporting them. We should be really understanding what it is that they need and helping them understand whether our solution is a good fit for it. And without needing to do that on a sales call, you can do that all in your marketing. So let's get into it, shall we? I'm going to talk to you about the three ways that you can create consistent sales without going near any kind of sleazy sales tactics. Marketing that is powerful enough to have people knocking on your digital door saying, I want to work with you now. I don't even need to have a conversation. Let's do this thing. Okay. (laughs) I mean, yeah, there may be some conversation involved, but ultimately, how do you attract those people who are just, like I say, chomping at the bit to come and work with you? Because believe me, that is just the very best energy. And I don't just say that from the perspective of being a mentor who's attracted clients like that. But similarly, having been that client myself, I love being in that energy of being like, God, I already adore you. I love everything you're saying. I love what you stand for. I love what it is we're going to do together. I feel full confidence in that our experience is going to be exceptional. Let's, well, LFG, baby. LFG feels the best. Right. Okay. So you're probably listening to this and going, this all sounds very good, Polly, but what on earth is marketing that attracts those ready to buy buyers? You maybe even heard the phrase before and been like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just like the Wizard of Oz. I mean, does it exist? It does. Okay. And we're going to talk through it today. So how do you attract those ready to buy clients? Well, firstly, firstly, 
create an offer that meets a demand, okay? Sounds kind of obvious. However, I am always seeing coaches and therapists and consultants and all the rest who are so deeply attached to their particular skill set, they are not thinking about the problem they are solving for their clients. And and people, you know, I don't invest in someone because they have a skill set. I didn't hire my nutritional therapist for the years of experience she had. I didn't hire her for the particular degree. I didn't care where she got her qualifications from in nutritional therapy. I didn't even hire her because she was a nutritional therapist. I hired her because I have hormonal issues right now and that's an area of her expertise. So I chose her specifically because my current predicament is that my hormones are going crazy and I needed a nutritional therapist who understood that part. I didn't want to work with a nutritional therapist that I had to explain that stuff to. I wanted them helping me understand myself better, okay? And I trusted because this woman made it very clear that that's what she supported with and really truly understood what it shows up as, what it presents as when we are somebody who's not having happy hormonal moments. Um, You know, that drew me to working with her. So it's understanding that people aren't paying you because you have, you know, done exams or got a coaching certification or any of those things. They are trusting you because you can speak to a predicament that they are in, a desire that they have, and that you will bridge the gap between where they are right now and where they want to be. And the important thing is to recognize, like, meet a demand. If you have an offer, you're like, yeah, you know what? There's only like, I don't know, three people in the world who'd ever want this. Like, unless you know who those three people are and you're willing to pitch them directly, create something where there's a a slightly broader demand. And at the same time, don't feel like, let's go back to nutritional therapy as an example, that you need to help everyone. Like everyone would benefit from eating better, right? Everyone would, would benefit from understanding their body on an individual basis better. Everyone would do better to holistically understand their well-being and, and work with it and support it and nourish it. Probably nearly everyone out there could do with some kind of supplements or you know, at least a better diet. Does that mean you should be marketing to everyone? No. Going back to my original example, as a woman in her late 30s who is having hormonal issues at the moment, who did I choose to work with? Somebody who understands hormones. When I had gut issues, who did I work with? Somebody who understands the gut. When I realized it had nothing to do with my gut and everything to do, do, to do with stress, what coach did I work with? A burnout coach, okay? <laughs> so anyone who says you don't need to niche, maybe you don't need to niche, but you do need to be specific with the problem you solve. And believe me, when you are specific, you will then gather loads of case studies in the very same area, which will have you standing out as an expert in your field much sooner than if you are general and supporting lots of people in lots of different ways. It's very hard to create a strong portfolio, a strong you know, amount of case studies if you're supporting people in various different ways. It's also very hard to have any kind of systems or processes. So it really pays to have a particular way you work with people and to toot toot your trumpet about it, make sure everyone knows about it. So do create an offer that meets demands. Do not expect people to want to buy from you because you understand the subconscious, because you understand nutritional therapy, because you understand copywriting. None of those things in and as of themselves are valuable by themselves. No, that sounds horrible to hear because you worked so hard for it and because you know the value of it, but your ideal client doesn't. And unless you can make it easy for them to understand why those skills are valuable to them, they will carry on 
regardless, ignorant to all the ways that their lives could be infinitely improved because you haven't made it easy for them to understand. This in 2023 has never been more important to stress. People's attention spans are obscenely small. And I say this as someone who works in the advertising space. And before where you could run a three minute video ad and it do really well, or even a five minute, sometimes 10 minute video ad. Nowadays, the most popular video ad is 20 seconds long. The reels that do best are six seconds long. People's attention spans are shrinking by the second. So if they cannot quickly understand why or how what you do is going to help them, they will quickly scroll on by. So you need to make it easy and you need to be repetitive. You do not want to be vague and going off on random tangents. You need to be repetitive. So that's point number one, create an offer that meets a demand, a demand that people know they have, a demand that people are searching proactively for the solution. So the next piece, when I say uh, point number two, actually, I just touched on it, which is market to people who are proactively looking for the solution. So marketing to people who are ready to buy. Now, what does that mean? That means that, for example, who who are the people in your world who are experiencing the most urgency around what they are experiencing right now? Again, there could be women in their 40s who have hormonal issues, but they don't know about it. So are they going to be quick to give money away to somebody who says they're going to help them? No, because they're not aware of it. Who are the people who are aware of the problems that they're dealing with? Are they buying books? Are they listening to podcasts? Have they bought alternative programs? Have they bought online courses that haven't worked for them? Have they gone to see maybe a therapist or a counselor, which when actually what they needed was was a coach? You know, have they been investing in other areas that haven't been working out for them? Or have they been investing in areas that have worked for them, but only got them so far? What has their journey been? But do think of those who are proactively looking for a solution. Don't be creating your content. Don't be creating your marketing from the angle of trying to persuade someone to be aware of it before they then want to buy from you. Speak to people who are already aware and looking for solutions. Do you see the difference? So for example, I don't start, you know, I don't create my marketing around, hey, have you ever considered having an online business before? I speak to people who already have online businesses. And I'm not also saying, have you considered getting a logo yet? Have you considered showing up on Instagram? Because again, the kind of clients that I, you know, my offerings are not good for those who've only just started out in business. They're good for those who are already in business and wanting to do business better. And so all my marketing, all these podcast episodes are geared at people who are already doing online business and they've been at it for a while and they're wanting to do it better. Okay, so I don't bother doing all that early on awareness stuff. So it's the same for your business. Do not create content that is aimed at people who are right at the beginning of their journey, because if you do that, great, you'll probably build a bigger following, but that following will not translate into consistent and regular sales because a lot of those people will need to be in your world two or three years before they're actually going to take action. And we don't need that. Okay. And the third piece is once you have that offer, that is meeting a demand. And secondly, once you are marketing, you know, once you have messaging that is designed to reach people who are solution seeking, who are ready to spend their dinero on being supported, your only job after that is to get visible. You don't have to be running ads. It doesn't really matter how you go about doing it. Um, You know, obviously look at your data, look at what visibility works for you. But, you know, just double down on that visibility. And believe me, that is how you will then see sales. It is so 
so simple. But the problem is a lot of people rush their way through their messaging, rush their way through their offer building, and then they do the visibility piece and think, oh, social media is a waste of time. It's not. Chances are your messaging is missing the mark. Chances are your offer was rushed and not thoroughly thought through. And that's why I'm so passionate about supporting people to do exactly that, to slow down, to speed up, to create those offers that have people chomping at the bit to come and work with them. Messaging that has them salivating, jumping on sales calls with them or or sliding into their DMs with enthusiasm because they are hearing someone who's finally speaking their language. So there we have it. Those were the three simple hacks to making more sales without indulging in any of those icky sales tactics. Thank you very much. (laughs) Um, And next week, I'm going to be talking about how to charge more without feeling icky. Because honestly, I've got a real bee in my bonnet. I've been doing lots of in-person events recently and recognizing how many women are just keeping themselves small. How many women who are undercharging How many women who are almost scared of being more successful and making more money in case it takes them away from their family? And I am here to just reinvent that narrative because none of these things need to be true. I want to see more than 12% of the of you know female entrepreneurs going over six figures. I want to see more than 20% of solopreneurs altogether being women. I, I want to see change in this world and I want to be part of that solution. So I'm hoping this podcast will be part of it. Speaking of which, speaking of which, um, if you want to be part of that transformation, a part of that solution, one of the things I'm doing to try and make that easier for you is the One Academy, the oneacademy.co.uk. Okay. It is a new platform that has been built um, by the gorgeous um, Sally at the portal and her team. And within the One Academy, there is so much good stuff coming. Um, we have got free resources and I mean, I can't even tell you all the stuff that's coming, but essentially if you are interested in being the CEO in your business, creating more impact, making more money, head on over to the One Academy, sign up, join my free community within Circle and wait to see. There are some incredible things landing in November and you will get to learn about them first when you head on over there. So do join us in the One Academy. I would love to connect with you. I'd love for you to contribute what you'd like these podcast episodes to be about. And that's it. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I'll be in your ears next week. 